Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast, the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine with the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice, strategies, and tips from experts without the fluff. Your host, Caroline Balinska, the founder of JustAskParker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. With over 10 years experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce, she shares her knowledge and interviews the experts to help you in your journey to success. Now, here's your host, Caroline Balinska. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Blinska, and today I have part two of a three-part series with Tatiana. She is a brand new Shopify merchant and she is asking me all the questions she wants to know about getting set up. Now, last week I did have part one. It has been put into a three-part series because it goes for about an hour and 15 minutes in total. I didn't want to cut anything out because I thought it was all fantastic information for both newbies and people that are doing less than 10,000 a month in sales. There's still great information in there. Since last week's episode, I have had so much amazing feedback that has been sent through to me via email, through clients that I work with, people saying, wow, it's great information. I had one person say, even the most basic questions that I thought were questions I wouldn't need to know the answer to still gave me so much information and help in areas I didn't realize that I was missing out on. So if you didn't listen to part one, go back and listen to it. It doesn't really need to be listened to in the right order because it's just a whole lot of different questions, but please go back and listen to part one. Then today we have part two and next week I'll be releasing part three. So if you have any reviews for me, any feedback, I would love you to leave a review on iTunes. It really does help me. It helps with my ranking and it also helps me understand more about what my listeners want. So if you have any ideas or any feedback, please leave a review for me. Also get into our Facebook group, Winning with Shopify, and you can ask me questions in there about this podcast episode or any other episode. And also please subscribe to the podcast because that also helps me as well. So let's get straight into it. We'll take off from exactly where we left off in the last episode. So, okay, we're going to jump across a bit. I know you've got this question coming up is about which email system to choose. Yes. I'm going to jump to that now because this is a good time to say it. So let's say you want to do a pre-order. I just did it for a client recently. There's in Clavio, one of the email systems. So there's three main ones that I recommend. Clavio, Omnisend and MailChimp as a basic, but I try to stay away from MailChimp. But if you've got it already, don't overstress, like don't oh, overthink it. Yep. But Clavio, the great thing about the Clavio app, it's got a built in wish list, uh, sorry, built in um, out of stock button. Uh-huh. So you just need a developer. It's not going to cost you much money, but a developer just set, it sets up this link with Clavio. It's in the system, it tells you how to do it. So your, if you set your product, let's say you've got normally 20 things in stock, once it goes to zero, so for now yours will be on zero, your stock levels, when your stock levels hit zero for one product, instead of the button saying add to cart, the button will say, notify me when back in stock. Mm, I like this. Now, when they click that, they fill in their email address and then you set up in the back end of Clavio automatically without you having to do anything, there's an email that says in there, hey, we're back in stock and it shows the product because it links it automatically. So the day you get stock, 
you just go into Klaviyo and you click, oh no, 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 sorry, you don't even do that. You just set your stock levels back up to, I have a hundred in stock again and Klaviyo will automatically email out saying, this is back in stock, come and purchase it now. I've never heard about this Klaviyo to be honest. So Klaviyo is a good one for that reason. It's also got beautiful emails and a very simple system to use. So Klaviyo does have a free plan as well. So I would sign up for that. For a free plan, yeah? Yes. Look, I'm a believer in using as much free stuff in the beginning as you can. It might, yeah. And the reason for that is Shopify, the way it works is you pay your monthly fee, but you have to pay for certain apps. Now, some of the apps I recommend that you pay for, um, but generally speaking, if you can find a free version, and I always say, look in Shopify. And for me, when people ask me these questions about apps, and we'll go through some apps as well, This is being updated every day. There's new apps coming out all the time. There's better versions. Apps are changing what they're offering all the time. So it's such a moving area that my actual clients that I coach privately, when they ask me this question, I usually have to say to them, after this call, I'm going to go and do that research and I'll come back to you because I might've spoken to someone a week ago and that might've changed. So I like to make sure that I'm up to date because it can literally change within 24 hours. Now, um, an email app, if you can use a free version for as long as possible, do that because you're going to be paying for other things along the way. And I know some people who are paying $200 a month just for apps before they've made a sale. $200 yeah. a month. Hello, you haven't made any sales yet. And so to me, I think use everything for free while you can and then move on to paid plans when you need to. Um, regarding this Klaviyo, I just have one question yeah. because I was reading, uh, I have another book here. I'm the queen of books, courses and everything, you know, yeah. whatever comes out of my hands, I'm reading. So I read it in this book that uh, what is important is um, how um, the percentage of open emails, let's say MailChimp maybe is not the best option because it's not very open, uh, the, the, the opening rate in Microsoft use computers is not very high. So when it comes to Klaviyo, what are the statistics? I mean, okay. So really good question. About eight years ago, I had an issue with MailChimp and after that I hated MailChimp and I refused to ever touch MailChimp. I had a guy called Tink Taylor on my podcast, um, probably three months ago. He is like, if you go back and listen to it, he is, um, one of the worldwide, um, email marketing advisors for the world. Like he looks over all of the different platforms. He owns a platform and he's, he said he's very close. There's like MailChimp. He hangs out with the guys from MailChimp, Clavio, Omnisend. He knows all of those guys and they always catch up and they, they work together to make sure that everyone's doing the right thing legally for spam, blah, blah, blah. And I told him this story. I said, MailChimp, I hate And he explained to me, he goes, that might've happened a long time ago. He goes, but these days, all of those top companies all have a very similar open rate and there's no truth behind that anymore because the way they use their IPs, they're very careful to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, Personally, I think it's more likely to happen with someone like MailChimp because MailChimp is the one that people try to use for spamming. Um, but he's telling me that's not true. So I don't want to say that I'm right. He's probably more right than I am. But if you are concerned, then someone like Clavio, who is not a generally known, they're more for e-commerce and um, 
they don't offer their free plans as openly as MailChimp does, if that makes sense. So someone like Clavio and Omnisend, I trust that they have a better um, performance rate in that way. But he's also telling me that MailChimp doesn't have an issue around that as well. So yeah, Clavio, from what I see, doesn't have any problems. But what you're probably asking about is, Google, things go into Google promotions folder all the time with Gmail um, open rates. You can't help that in general. So none of the platforms will be able to fix things like that because it's got to do with how Gmail sets up their algorithm and their settings. So you can't get around that unless you personally email people without it being from a mass email system. Okay. Thank you very much. So, Clavia, this is very good advice. I will check this. So, what do I do with the photos? How many photos I need, Carolyn? So, the amount of photos you need are the amount of photos that will show people exactly what you sell. Okay. So, in your case, you need to have the outside of the box from two or three different angles. You need to have the top. You need to have the inside of the box. You need to have the lid next to it and the lid on top of it. So just take different angles because you have to imagine that person walks into a shop, they pick mm-hmm. up your item and they, how do people look at your item? Okay. They look at it like this. Yeah. They don't just look at it on the shelf and go, Oh, I like that. I'm going to buy that. They pick mm-hmm. it up. They look at it. So you want to make sure that whatever they're looking at in real life is how they get to experience it on your website. And that's why in the next year or so they're saying 3d shopping is going to become like the next big thing that virtual shopping where people can like wear virtual glasses and look at everything 3d. Um, so the more you can show someone something, the better it is. Don't expect that they look at the front of the box and they go, Oh yeah, I want that. And that's it. They want to see it because they don't get to touch it. So they've lost the sense of touch. So now you have to replace that with as much imagery as possible. So that means uh, opening picture can be something like idea how to use this lunchbox. Yeah, definitely. I was going to, so I would do three or four different lunches in there. Like what other sort of things people might use it for salad, put a salad in there, do a general salad. Like what's most normal lettuce and tomato, just put lettuce and tomato and take a photo, Um, show it to someone holding it and eating out of it because they can take it to the office and eat out of it kids are eating out of it show it with an apple inside or a banana or like whatever you think can fit in there show the different options a muesli bar or a sandwich whatever you think the more examples you can give the better someone can understand that is me using that lunchbox Mm, okay i had an idea actually you know because in my mind in my in my imagination i'm already packaging you know and sending out so i was thinking you know I said, let me, let me see if I can send my box in the packaging along with the photo, which is going to be the same size yes. and it's going to be like a photo of the lunch. Inside, yeah. Fantastic. Huh? What do yeah. you think? Perfect. Then it lets people know exactly what it is. Yeah. Well. Especially when you want to start doing wholesale into shops, that's going to really help you as well, showing people that it is a lunchbox. Another thing you could do is a nice little quick video Instagram only allows 15 second videos. So you just need a really quick video. Don't over process these things because people, I had a friend of mine the other day doing a video of her business and it just went on and on and on. And I'm like, who's sitting through this video? Like you're talking about sandwich boxes. No one's going to sit through a three minute video about a sandwich box. 
Nobody. You need to do it short and sharp. But if you can show a mother packing the lunch boxes in the morning and she has them lined up and she's doing one for herself, one for her husband and one for her two kids, the two kids are, you know, got different things in there. And it's a snapshot of her filling the lunch boxes. And then the next snapshot is the husband at work eating his sandwich and then the, the wife eating her salad out of there and then her kids eating their lunch out of there and just snapshots. And then you show that this is the process, filling the lunch box. The kid pulls it out and like, you know, if, if for instance, you just mentioned it's got a protection, the seal, it's sealed. Yes. My, I just made me think because my stepdaughter, I made her this beautiful salad a few weeks ago. And I said to her when she came home after the salad, I said, how was your salad? And she goes, it leaked all through my bag. Oh, and it made me think, I was like, oh my God. So when you said that, I was like, oh my God, this, this box. And I felt so sorry for her because she's got a really nice school bag and it leaked through there, like terrible for her on her school books. That is a good video for you. That you show two people, one pulling their box out and they go, oh, I'm happy. And then the next one pulling it out and their school books are all damaged or the woman, the wife with her um, laptop, you know, one of them's got water on it from the inside and the other one doesn't. That's a really good just quick video that you can use. But then also showing it from the perspective of um, just quick snippets of these things is where you're going to get like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Don't try to over-process it. Of, I'm going to dramatize it and make this video go for a long time and then I'll show it. No, just make it a – think Instagram videos and make it a 15-second video. You can then use that as a that length of video as a YouTube ad. So you can run a YouTube ad 15 seconds on YouTube and run an ad with that same campaign idea of just quick. That's all people want to know. It's a sandwich box. Does it actually work or does it not work? That's all I need to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good idea. Uh, I like Instagram and I think that um, Instagram is going to be number one social yes. media platform that I'm going to use. Did you have a That and Pinterest. I For me, if I, and look, this is, most of my clients, I'm recommending Pinterest and Instagram. Pinterest is a huge market and for a product like yours, 100%. It's got a lot of women on there looking at food on there. So, and they want to know how to make cool lunches for their kids. So you could do like a whole blog post series of great lunch ideas for kids. And that's mm-hmm. part of your traffic generation is saying here's 10 lunchbox ideas for summer 10 lunchbox ideas for winter um 10 lunchbox ideas for lactose intolerant kids for dairy intolerant uh, you know uh, wheat intolerant kids and have all these options and you're always showing your lunchbox in all the photos and then you can click through and they can buy your lunchbox so the theme i showed you what i love about it one of the best things and better than any of the shopify things that i've seen is on the side of the blog post, you can add banner ads. So you can say to on Pinterest, 10 lunch, lunchbox ideas for uh, lactose intolerant kids, as an example, or 10 summer ideas. And then they click through from Pinterest, they come to your blog, and there's the 10 ideas. And on the side banner, there's boxes or images of your product for sale. So at all times, they can be like, okay, there's a lunchbox, and there's the ad to click through to the shop. Because don't assume running a blog. This is where a lot of people go wrong. They do blogs (laughs) and they go, I'll just do a blog and they'll come and buy my product. Have you told them to buy your product? No. So put it in front of them all the time. And that's a great way to do it is with a blog that has like a little banner on the side. Actually, um, um, Pinterest came to my mind as well. 
when now I'm in the process of packaging and uh, looking for ideas and uh, photos and so on. And I realized that it's a huge platform and uh, it's very visual like Instagram. And mm. uh, yes, you are absolutely right. And because I know nothing about Pinterest, first I need to educate myself how to yeah. use it and then start. Another interesting uh, thing that, because I was, I'm following also my competitors. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I found some website which is like spying what my competitors are doing. Yes. And I realized that one of them, believe it or not, believe it or not, this, for these lunch boxes, the biggest social uh, media app that they are using is Twitter. Oh, wow. And I said, oh my God, that's brilliant because all these business people are there actually on yeah. Twitter. So yes, definitely, I will uh, look into Pinterest. But are they are they getting sales from it, or are they just using it? They are using it as awareness and maybe driving traffic to to their uh, website. Yeah, because as I told you, there are two avatars that I would like to target. This is parents, number one, and number yes. two are working force like millennials, these young mm. people. Yeah. So I'm sure that a lot of, uh, because Twitter is anyway used majority by, by uh, white collar workers, yeah? So I presume that uh, they, they publish a lot of this content there to, to attract these people, hours. you know? Sorry about this. Okay. Uh, no, and I was going to say with Pinterest, Pinterest is actually, um, people that use Pinterest spend more per person than any other platform. Oh, okay. So you know straight away, hey, if I put something on Pinterest, those people are willing to spend. You're not a cheap product. They can go and buy a $5 lunchbox. You're selling them a $40 lunchbox. Yeah. So your price points are higher. So something like Pinterest is really good for that reason as well. Can I ask you something now, Caroline? Uh, you mentioned this um, blog, yeah, uh, blogs. Do you think that uh, on, my, on my Shopify Shopify website, I can also have a section, a blog with these ideas for lunches. And this yes. is something that I can cross post on Pinterest or whatever. Exactly. You think it's that's, good- that's exactly what I'd be doing for traffic. So with Pinterest, it works best that people want to pin things that they want to keep for later. Mm-hmm. So okay. putting up just a photo of your lunchbox and saying, buy my lunchbox is not how Pinterest is best used. It's fine to do that if you're selling a pair of jeans and the girl's like a beautiful girl and she's like, look at these new jeans. It works for that. But for products like yours, just having a lunchbox is not going to be a huge thing. Or someone who's buying like for their wedding and they want to pin things of actual products that they'll use for their wedding, that's one thing. But when it comes to products like yours, and this is most people who come to me and come to Just Ask Parker, they have products like yours, like usable products on a daily basis. Um, for those sort of things, I prefer creating either gift guides, which doesn't work for you. So a gift guide would be like one of my clients, she does handbags and, or one of my clients does all eco products like you, where you want to go. So it will work in that case. So she's got a range of eco-friendly products. So we do a gift guide, like here are 10 ideas that you can like buy as a gift or um, 10 ideas for this summer that you need to be eco-friendly as an example. And then you can do that. But because you've got one lunchbox, what will work really well for you is you creating um, uh, lunchbox ideas. I've got another client of mine called Bondi Coffee and they do this weight loss coffee, not weight loss. I shouldn't say weight loss. You drink it before you go to the gym and it helps rebuild your muscles. And then the other ones to stay lean. So it's like healthy coffee. And um, we've created for them 
recipe ideas for how to have different ways to have it. So rather than just drinking a hot coffee, you drink it as like a vanilla um, coffee or a banana coffee smoothie. So different smoothie ideas. So people will pin those and that's where you can do lunchbox ideas. And uh, how would you, uh, would you think in, in my case about um, cooperating with some, let's say local nutritionist so that we can also also cross, yes. cross so I will always say collaborate I always okay. say collaborate um, now I'd be smarter than that because yes you could work with a local person which is nice to do but if you want to get a lot of sales very quickly I would be collaborating with people that already have a big audience like uh, you mean big audience on YouTube or Instagram anyway or? yeah so anyway. any you, I don't know if you know about my influencer marketing summit. I did a summit. Um, I put together like 20 videos all about how to work with influencers on social media. And we talk about YouTube, um, Instagram, Pinterest. So you finding a nutritionist who is already out there, she doesn't need to have a million people, but if she has an Instagram account that has even 3000 people, if you have less than 3000 people, I don't know, you've started building your account, but you probably don't have it. Yeah. I have 151. <laughs> yeah. So you've got 150. You're, yeah. If you went to a person with um, 500,000 people on their account, that'd say to you, well, who are you to ask me for that collaboration? But you go to someone who's got 3,000 people already, that's 3,000 new people, and then it just helps you boost your account. So you can go to a local nutritionist, but if she's got nothing going on as well, then that's not going to help you. And if she's never going to build her account herself, then she's always going to be the person and living off you, leeching off you. Mm-hmm. So you're better off finding someone who is as ambitious as you and work together and start building together. Okay, thank you. I have a question here, which, um, which I would like just to ask. Um, you recommended this Ella theme um, and I will go and see it. Um, is there a maximum number of products that you can have on this page? Are there any kind of limits? No. Why I'm asking? You don't have, yeah? There's no limits. Okay. But one day, let's say, I want to uh, transform completely this web page. Can I make a transition between one theme to another or I need to make, can they integrate together or these Shopify themes or I need to make entirely new page? So if you've only got one product at the moment and you could set up, you would probably need an app where you could have extra, there's an app with... uh, what is it called? Bold themes. So if you want to add the option to have where people can specifically give um, the name that they want engraved. So if you want to do an engraving service, you probably want to use bold themes and then you can add a line that says, tell us here the engraving that you want. So they choose the plain one or they choose the one with engraving. So you really only need one product. Yes. With the two options, or you could make it two products. You could have the engraving product and the normal product. You could have them as separate products. It depends how you want to do it. Now, um, you can override the system. So at the moment, let's say you set up the Ella theme. And at the moment, what happens is if you click from the homepage where it says products, you just need, there's a few different ways that you can do it, but you can override the collections page. So you never show a collections page because you don't have things on that page. You literally just want to go from the home page to the actual one product page or the two different 
product pages. So maybe at the top you have engraved version and um, normal version and they can click on either of those. They go to the product and that's it. So there's no collections area. Then when you're ready to um, bring in more products, then you just add the collections page in there and then that will show the different collections that you sell. Okay. Okay. That's clear. And um, where to start, how to start with marketing? Because um, for example, I started with this Instagram and uh, I'm proud of having 151 followers. Uh, Joke apart. So um, when do I start with marketing and how do I start with marketing? I'm also confused, Caroline, because I've, I came across ClickFunnels and I don't know how ClickFunnels are going to integrate now with this Shopify or this is completely, you know, what to do. Okay. ClickFunnels, I wouldn't use for what you're doing. I don't see that. That's a hundred dollars a month for something that will bring you no benefit. Um, for starters, ClickFunnels has its own design. So that means if you've got a website and it's a really nice looking, especially if you've got that sort of eco design, then you've got a very eco design website. ClickFunnels has a different sort of design that's to me, I've grown up, like I've been on internet marketing stuff for more than 15 years. So it's very internet marketing. So to me, it's got no high level design behind it. It has its place in this world, but just not, I don't believe for Shopify stores. I I think that there's very few businesses that need it. You're better off instead of using a click funnels is creating the funnel of going from a Pinterest pin of here's 10 recipes or here's 10 ways to use a lunchbox, or there's going to be other things you can think about going to a blog post with that information. And then on the side, having the, the banners, And through the actual blog post, click here to find out more, click here to buy our product and having that in the blog post or just a big buy now button, which you can put on there as well. And then going to your product. You don't need click funnels. It's another layer that is just not necessary. And one question came to my mind now when you mentioned this banner. Um, I visited some German website. I don't know, maybe one month ago. Okay. From that day, they are following me everywhere. (laughs) everywhere whatever i open i see this lunchbox you know and everything is in german how is this possible what is this kind of what is this kind of marketing caroline so that's called retargeting or remarketing by google so retargeting we're targeting people again um so it's as soon as someone goes to your website they get cookied now there's a few different ways to do it so facebook you can do it through facebook or you can do it through what I always like to use is called perfect audience. Um, There's a few other ones out there, but I always recommend perfect audience. And the way it works is that you do both of them. So if you do the, with, with Facebook, you've already got that set up. If you've got your Facebook pixel on, and then you just go in and you create a Facebook ad, but rather than creating a Facebook ad saying target people around the world, you'll create an ad that for the audience, you click on custom audience and you're only targeting people who have been to your website already. And that's called a retargeting ad. It's going to be a lot cheaper. It doesn't cost as much as running a normal ad because they're people that have already been to your website. And then Facebook will only show your ad to people who have been to your website and they're on Facebook. A few other places, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Perfect audience works where it targets all the other websites. 
So you can use Google to do it, but Google only targets 50% of the websites. Google has like advertising on 50%. Perfect Audience has all of those platforms plus all the other ones. So that means you can go to, if someone goes to a news website, they go to Oprah.com, they go to some golf website. If they have been to your website, they're going to see your ad on those websites because you've got your retargeting ads on. Mm-hmm. highly recommend it. You cannot run a business without it. Like you are crazy if you do it without. So I always say to people, if they want to run ads, they ha- have to have a few things turned on. They have to have their retargeting ads on. They have to have abandoned cart turned on and they have to have a chat service turned on their website. Mm-hmm. If you don't have these three things, do not under any, and email, like having some sort of pop-up collecting emails. If you don't have those things turned on, Do not run Facebook ads. I can't stress enough how many people have come to me and run Facebook ads because a a Facebook ad company told them to run ads and they've just wasted their money. Because we have to, if you understand the customer journey, someone's never heard about you until they purchase. It takes seven to 14 times for that person on average to purchase. This means that they have to have either seen your Instagram, they have to have seen an ad, they have to have seen some blog posts, Pinterest, whatever it might be, or been to your website seven to 14 times. But a total of that is what you can expect. Some people are going to come to your website once and buy from you, but very, very few people. And what people tell me all the time is they, this is what they honestly say. Yeah, but I check my statistics and it tells me that everyone purchases on the first or second purchase. So that means I don't, that what you're saying is not relevant. And I'm like, but if they've never come back, then you don't know that they needed the third or fourth time because you never got in front of them the third or fourth time. They've forgotten about you. And that's where retargeting steps in and people go, oh yeah, okay. I remember that lunchbox. Oh yeah. Okay. Just today I've been opening an email from a company. It's actually for bikinis. I get this email every week. They send me an email about bikinis. This morning I opened it and I actually went, yep, I'm going to buy a pair of bikinis today. Just out of the whim of, I'm going to get a pair. It's coming up to some, I'm going to get a pair. I get this email all the time from this company. Now, if they stopped sending me the email on the basis of she didn't buy on the first or second purchase, mm. would they have my purchase today from me? No, no, that's they right. Okay. So you've got to think like that. So you've got to have a abandoned cart set up. You've got to have a chat option. And I always recommend many chats so people can come on. If they have a question, they can ask a question. Having a phone number is even better. Have a phone number, have a recorded message on that phone and you buy the phone number from Skype and you can have it for any country you want. So you could have six phone numbers on your website. You can have a German phone number. You can have a Spanish phone number. You can have a Cyprus phone number. American phone number, you can have all like at the bottom where it says, you know, if you're in this country, call this number. People go, great. They've got a local phone number. They all have the same recorded message or you can have someone, you you can pay someone a very small amount of money to say in the current, in that language, blah, 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 please leave a message. Um, We'll get back to you. Or even just in English, hey, we'll get back to you. Please leave a message. And for faster service, please send us an email because we will get back to you faster via email. Then we will buy this phone call. The chances of someone calling that number is almost zero. But what it does, it creates the sense of trust. Yes. Yes. There is a phone number if I want it. So having a phone number to me is such a big, big part of creating that level of trust. No one knows you. 
Who are you to be taking that person's credit card? Yes, I know that you're legitimate. I'm talking to you. I know that. But how does anyone else know that if they've never, ever met you personally? Sure, your children's school teachers know that you're real. They know that, you know, if you take their money, you're going to send them the product. But most people don't know that. You need to build that sense of trust. So trust comes from having trust seals like guarantees, guaranteed money back guarantee, guaranteed that you'll get the delivery within five days or fast shipping or something about the guarantee, guarantee that this is made from such and such product. I just did a website the other day. I've got a client, lovely, lovely lady. She sells teething rings um, and teething jewelry for babies so they can chew on it. We just put up on her website, trust seals on the top that says that what she, she's been guaranteed. She's actually had it tested where she puts a 20 kilo weight on this um, necklace and the 20 kilo weight holds it to show it doesn't break. And I said to her, when I first started working with her, look, no offense, I don't have children yet, but I've looked after enough children that I know I wouldn't trust that necklace because it could break off in my child's mouth and choke them. Mm-hmm. So sorry, but I don't know if I want to work with someone with these products because how do I know like safety? I don't want to be associated with someone that's unsafe. And she was like, Caroline, they're being tested 20 kilos. There's no way it can break off, blah, blah, blah. And I said, where's that information? Mm. And she's, oh, well, they can ask, you know, I've got it somewhere and I haven't put it on my website. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to make that really clear. So now at the top, it's BPH free or whatever the thing is. It's organic. It's, you know, and we've got big buttons at the top that really show that off now that, you know, this has been guaranteed. We've now, she's creating a video that's going to go through that. This is all trust you need to build with people that don't personally know you because your friend knows that you've, you have ethical values, but no one else knows that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Let me see if I have something. Um, yeah, well, the next one is uh, after the website is emails and then marketing campaign. So I'm going to leave it there for today. There is still so much to share. So listen into next week's episode and I'll be showing and I'll be sharing with you the final part of this three part series. After this, we do have some other really great episodes coming up. I have an amazing run through with our new Pinterest advisor. She will be going through everything you need to know about Pinterest. She's actually, we recorded the other day and this information is going to blow your mind. If you're not on Pinterest yet, you need to listen to this episode. So that's coming up in about two weeks. I have some other really great interviews coming up as well. I'm listening to my listeners feedback and also what everyone's telling me in the Facebook group and clients that I work with. And I'm making sure that I'm bringing you the information that you really need to know now. These are the things that matter most when you're in the first parts of setting up your Shopify store. So thanks for listening. Leave some feedback for me. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you join our Facebook group. And until next time, keep smiling. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash winning with Shopify and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And as a listener, get 20% off at justaskparker.com by using the code podcast.